Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchorlight Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchorlight team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground, the show that gives you a little bit of everything in the realm of psychotherapy and positive mental health. I am your host, Laura Richer. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I'm the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I am joined by my lovely co-host, Michelle Mooney. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in this morning. How are you doing today? I am doing great. And Michelle is our clinical director at our Queen Anne offices. And today we have a great topic. Michelle, tell our listeners what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Our topic for today is if it's healthy to fight with your partner. And this is a great topic. We talk to couples about this and couples therapy all the time. People wonder if they're normal, if they are fighting with their partners. And what do you think about that, Michelle? Is it normal to have conflict in a relationship? It really comes down to how you do it. So couples, um, all couples are going to disagree. So, and typically unhealthy couples tend to be the ones who really fight, but we're always going to disagree. In fact, there's uh, a stat from the Gottmans that about 69% of all um, disagreements between couples are unresolvable. Mm -hmm. So there's just things that you're always going to differ on, um, whether that's how you use social media, right? One couple, posts all the time the other couple you know other person never does um things even like leaving the cabinets open to what temperature do we (laughs) keep the thermostat at (laughs) things like that um so we're always going to have disagreements but it's how we communicate when we're doing that exactly so you know the question is it normal to fight i guess it depends on how you define fighting if you're screaming Mm -hmm. and throwing things at each other that's definitely Um, occurs. However, it isn't healthy or effective communication. But like you said, everybody's going to have disagreements. You have two people, two different opinions, two different way of thinking, and we're not always going to be able to be on the same page. In fact, like you said, according to the Gottmans, more times than not, we're not going to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. But there are healthy ways to talk about that. So what does it look like to have healthy conflict in a relationship? I I think the main thing it comes down to is respect and how much we respect our partner when we are actually disagreeing. So are you accepting your partner's point of view? It's not that you have to say, yes, I absolutely agree with that. That's how I think about it too. But are you willing to entertain the thought that they might have a different perspective? Because it really does always come down to that. When we are having conflict with one another, there's no facts. There's just perspective, right, Laura? So it's how each individual um, experiences um, the situation. That's that's their truth. And so we have to be able to communicate that to one another. Um, you know, this is actually how I saw it, but I could see that you saw it that way. Just these little semantic things where you're really acknowledging your partner and then working towards a solution together. So it's us versus the problem versus me, you know, instead of me versus you. Yes. And that's a very important piece of the puzzle. When you can address the issue 
as a problem that the two of you are trying to come to some sort of maybe compromise on versus battling each other. It gets much from that perspective, from that mindset, it's much easier to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And then you also, another thing that can be really hard for people when they're feeling triggered and like conflict is starting to escalate up is you don't have to agree with your partner for, to deescalate a conflict. There doesn't have to be you could have a completely different perspective, like you said, but if you can really validate that you understand their perspective, that is a great way to have healthy conflict. Yeah, we don't see this in the same way, but I understand that you have a different point of view. You have a different life experience. You have different concerns than I do. Um, and that right there, validating, it's really hard for couples to do, but it's so incredibly key because it really can help de-escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. Do you see that in couples therapy? Couples who validate each other have less conflict? Yes, I do. And those who, you know, sit on my couch here in this room or I see on the Zoom uh, screen that do, they tend to really, for lack of a better term, you can tell that they like each other more. Mm -hmm. um, they have a stronger bond, even if they're in couples therapy. I always reflect to couples when they have really good um, ways of accepting influence and entertaining the thought that, you know, their partner has a good point and they validate that. I mean, it, it's so it's so wonderful to see couples embrace that skill because it, it really does bode well for the relationship overall. And yeah. another, another thing I like to remind couples about is, you know, when we're in the heat of conflict, we can assume things. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but as opposed to just deciding, hey, this is what my partner means. Now I'm furious. Be curious, right? Ask clarifying questions. You know, this is how this sounded to me. Is that how you intended it versus, well, Laura said this and it must mean this. And now I'm going to act out as if that's true. Um, so ask questions. Mm -hmm. And we start to hear the things that we're thinking. I had a couple I was working with one time that was getting us, they were having a conflict about family coming to visit. And the one, one of the partners had said, well, you know, I just have some concerns about your mother staying here because of what, you know, what happened, what transpired last time or whatever the situation was. And the other person said, well, this is because you hate my mother. And then mm. we said, okay, let's slow this down. You know, you're, wh what are you hearing or saying? She's like, well, she said she hates my mother. And the hmm. person was not trying to gaslight. They were just, they heard what they were expecting their partner partner to say. So it's very interesting. Sometimes we just even hear things that aren't actually said because we're filling in the narrative. We're feeling escalated. We don't have, we feel maybe threatened and we're not creating space to really listen to our partner's concerns or validate. We're going to like that conclusion. Have you ever witnessed anything like that? Uh, yes, absolutely. And I kind of what this comes down to is a little bit of confirmation bias in a way. So for example, Laura, if you have been late three times to showing up for a date or whatever it might be over the course of our relationship, and I find that highly uh, disrespectful behavior to the point where I feel like, gosh, if, if Laura really loved me, she would never do this to me. Mm -hmm. So, and then the thing happens. And so, and then we immediately, we're always looking for evidence that that um, thought is actually true. Well, they're yeah. going to be late and it's because they don't love me. Um, so we reinforce those things. We kind of discard all of the times, right? Out of 500 times, you were late three times. So what about the 497 other times? No, 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 no. There was just these three times. So we can tend yeah. to discard anything that might be evidence that that uh, thought or narrative isn't 
isn't actually true. Yes. Yes. And so that can be, that takes us into our next topic here. What does it look like when conflict becomes abusive or toxic or really damaging to the relationship? And of course, the Gottmans talk a lot about that, the the four horsemen. What are the four horsemen that people want to watch out for in their communication? Mm-hmm. So um, we have stonewalling, we have criticism, we have contempt, and then we have defensiveness. Um, and uh, um, really thinking about these, probably every couple has at least tipped uh, their toe in the water with some of these um, ways of having conflict. And, you know, it comes down to, let's say defensiveness. If your reaction, if I come to you and I say, you know, I can't believe you stole the remote all night long and you wouldn't give me a chance to do, you know, pick what I wanted to watch on TV. And the other partner says, well, last night you had it all to yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about what we should be talking about. That's compromise over the remote versus you versus me. But if you come at me and say, well, you, Michelle, Mm -hmm. then our immediate um, reaction is to defend ourselves. Well, an arrow was just thrown at me. How do I throw one back? And typically it's not, (laughs) that never goes well. Yes. So you know you're getting to, in the very least, ineffective communication if you're approaching your concerns with a tone of uh, criticism or even contempt. So in that, that's a great example. Like, you know, you're hogging the remote. You never let me watch my shows. Well, that's going to be perceived as critical and it's going to be harder for your partner to uh, hear your concerns because you're insinuating that they have some sort of negative intention. And Mm -hmm. if they don't feel that they have a negative intention, they're going to be on guard to defend themselves. So you can certainly, you and you want to discuss your concerns. However, if you approach them from a, my experience, instead of you did this place, it's going to usually be received a lot better. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like we watched your show the last two nights, I would really like to watch one of my shows tonight. Would that work for you? Is going to be received a lot better than you just are trying to hog the TV. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, if I come home from work and I say, Laura, the kitchen is such a mess. You're a mm-hmm. slob, right? That's mm-hmm. criticism. And trying to remind yourself, okay, I'm criticizing this behavior. Well, if we're criticizing somebody, what we're trying to communicate is, hey, I wish your behavior was a little bit different. I, I have a wish here. So that's probably yeah. not a good way of getting at you know, I feel frustrated when the dishes are left out, right? Can you please uh, chip in and do these tonight and help me out? Um, So that's what you really want. But for some reason, we just automatically can go to criticism and point out the the negative versus asking for the positive. So keeping that in mind. Yeah. And then defensiveness, even if your partner has come to you with a critical comment, it makes it harder to, to respond. But defensiveness can be really toxic in relationships because it basically shuts down the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. well, you're you're hogging the remote. Well, you're just always mad about something. So what I've basically said to my partner in this defensive response, I haven't acknowledged their concern. And maybe it's hard to do that because it felt critical. But also you're just shutting down the conversation. And what you're basically saying is I am unwilling to 
discuss your needs. I am unwilling to hear what you're upset about. And in doing that, a lot of times people just kind of shut down. There comes in the stonewalling. The conversation isn't had. And over time, that feels very destructive because defensive responses are constantly telling your partner, I'm not going to meet your needs. I'm not going to hear what you have to say. Right, right. It's making excuses. Well, this is why I did this or shifting blame over to your partner. And the antidote to this is taking a little bit responsibility for your own behavior. So Mm -hmm. even if, right, maybe one partner might be, we're never right or wrong, but if one partner might have, let's say, a stronger point in a a particular instance, that doesn't mean uh, the other one doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. So if I could be defensive, you know, maybe, maybe the responsibility piece I take in there is, you know what, you're right, I shouldn't have at least raised my voice then, right, when you were trying to communicate. So there's some element probably how you helped derail the conflict as well. Yes. Yeah. And you know, no one is perfect. People are going to have strong emotions and they're going to react to those emotions at times. And so we don't want to police each other, but we like to think about one of my couples said to me one time, they're like, well, I guess just when there's an argument, somebody just has to suck it up and, and just figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, how to deescalate the situation. And actually I was like, yes, that is true. If you, if you notice that your Mm -hmm. partner is becoming dysregulated and upset and you have the wherewithal to see that and, and the skills to deescalate it, it's great to say, you know what? I see what I said, just upset you. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe I was a little harsh in the way I said that, like, let's bring this conversation back to a place where we can we can discuss things, mm-hmm. being able to own your part, being able to recognize what is happening, maybe when your partner can't is it's not like you said, it's not you against your partner, it's you against the problem. And so that's just mm-hmm. you recognizing, oh, the problem is taking over. Let me get me and my partner back on the same page here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you imagine if you and your partner are sitting on the couch together and you're trying to have some sort of uh, conflict, a healthy uh, disagreement conversation, and imagine whatever the problem is. So you're sitting next to your partner is this wall between the two of you because it it's getting in the way of you, you two connecting. So if mm-hmm. we could pick that wall up and put it on the coffee table in front of us and both look at it and say, how are we going to tackle this versus letting this thing come in between? So, you know, thinking about it from uh, that point. So we talked a little about criticism. So the blaming, you know, maybe some more uh, hurtful expressions of judgment or disapproval, but contempt, uh, Laura, tends to be the greatest predictor of a relationship not working out. Mm -hmm. And that is showing anger, disgust, uh, even hostility towards your partner. Mm -hmm. So using insults, um, really attacking their character and their personality versus like, you know, I'm really frustrated about this behavior, you're a slob, right? Versus really attacking uh, the character, acting superior, um, mocking sometimes, even sarcastic tone, uh, eye rolling. Um, So this is very dangerous behavior. We did have a show last week about gaslighting and this this is kind of um close to that um Mm -hmm. so what are some ways that couples can correct contemptuous behavior laura um i think just being mindful of doing anything that places you in a position where you're taking the stance of having superiority over your partner and you're trying to use shame to correct their behavior so if you're rolling Mm -hmm. your eyes if you're doing an exasperated sigh, if you're even being, you know, overly sarcastic or, or mocking 
using a mocking tone. What you're essentially saying is I have like a hostile disregard for you because you're ridiculous. So that can be very painful for someone who, who maybe what they're doing is trying to get your attention in some sort of way. You can certainly talk about your experience again, instead of rolling your eyes saying, Hey, I'm getting really frustrated right now, or Mm -hmm. letting out an exact exasperated sigh. You know, maybe I just need a a break from this conversation right now. So doing some things to let, to express your experience that aren't harmful and aren't positioning yourself as being superior as your partner. Do you have any other anecdotes for that, Michelle? Yeah. So a long-term one is really trying to get into the practice of remembering things that you love about your partner, Mm -hmm. the things that, um, you know, giving them compliments, reminding yourself and them of what you notice their strengths are, um, showing more affection. Because if we have a more positive attitude about our partner overall, we're less likely to really be this this mean to them with this contemptuous uh, behavior. So really trying to switch that narrative. Because again, in the confirmation bias. If, I'm, if I have a lot of contempt for you, you better believe I'm looking for all the ways that you're messing up and not all the ways that you're doing things right. Yeah. And another anecdote for all of these negative uh, types of communication and behavior is really focusing on staying connected to each other. So having moments of connection that feel positive throughout the day. If you don't talk to someone all day and maybe you've had a negative interaction with them and then you're not touching base, it's going to be very easy to create a negative narrative in your mind about what they're doing, what they're thinking, what their feelings towards you are. And then you're going to start reacting to that that narrative, which is something really that's just been made up versus what is actually happening. So if you have those points of connection throughout your week, throughout your day, you're really like hearing each other, listening to each other. It's easy. It's, it's harder to start imagining these negative narratives. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you're, you're thinking about all the evidence against that actually being true. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other one that really can derail conflict is the concept of stonewalling. So that what that really is, is emotionally withdrawing, sometimes physically withdrawing, leaving the room, kind of shutting down and just becoming silent, no longer engaging with your partner or the discussion, which can have its benefits if, if we do that right. So what would be a good way of, you know, kind of coming to your limits, uh, shutting down the conversation a little bit, so to speak, and in a healthy way, Laura. Yes. So there is a time, it is absolutely valid that we need breaks. We become flooded. We become overwhelmed. We can't have logical, rational conversations when we're feeling emotionally escalated and overwhelmed. So it's valid to take a break. The way that you don't want to do this is to just shut down and, um, give someone the silent treatment. Or when they ask you what's wrong, say, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. When clearly your body language and your energy is showing that you are not, because that's punitive. You're trying, what you're doing is you're saying, I've now withdrawn from you and I'm abandoning you is how that's perceived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The positive way to do that, which is very fair and not always easy is to say, again, always speaking from your own experience, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I need a break from this conversation, but I understand it's important and I'm going to come back to you. And if you can't even give a time frame and say, I'm going to just take a walk around the block. I'll let's, let's reconvene in 20 minutes or I need a couple hours. We'll talk about this tonight, but you want to really let your partner know you're not abandoning them mm-hmm. you're not punishing them. You're just taking a break for yourself so that you can have a productive conversation. 
Right, right. Because if you um, are stonewalling, sometimes the function is, okay, maybe if I shut this down, we can avoid the discussion altogether. Um, but really what comes out of that is underlying problems uh, go unresolved and they stack yeah. up underneath uh, the, the rug. And so when what this does to your partner, you're using that word abandon, absolutely. Well, they abandoned me, they abandoned this conversation. Mm -hmm. So often what that does is then inspires the other person to become the pursuer where'd you go? Are you done yet? You can't just shut this down. So, um, you know, it's not actually probably going to go the way that you're hoping for. Instead of if you let your partner know you need a break, uh, we need to respect that when our partner is doing it. One thing I caution um, sometimes couples, if I see them doing it too much, well, you told me to, to use a break. So I just use a break every time we have a conversation. Yeah. I've seen that before. I'm like, okay, cool. You're practicing that. And maybe, you know, we need to <laughs> move away from the extreme side of that because otherwise you're just using that as a weapon and hey my the couple therapist told us to do this so yes yeah. and we don't <laughs> want it to be punitive or to be a weapon and again that's why and I always tell my couples too if you call a break do not make your partner pursue you to continue the conversation if you call a break mm -hmm. it is your job once you've calmed yourself to go back to the conversation you can't wait for them to pick it back up again because what happens in that process when somebody gets starts pursuing someone they feel anxious they don't feel heard they don't feel like their needs are going to be met or their problem is going to be resolved so they might get a little more critical in their pursuit because they they're trying to get their partner's attention and in doing that it further damages and makes the situation more toxic and is not mm -hmm. effective in any sort of way so it, you don't right. want to be punitive and you don't want to shut down all conversations it, you all want to see, if you can, yeah, <laughs> there should be, you, you, you want to work towards, you know, having enough distress tolerance and enough coping skills where you can stay in a difficult conversation. And that actually, if you're noticing that it's really hard for you to do that, that you want to retreat immediately, that's a good time to, to consider engaging in therapy, whether it's couples therapy or even in your own individual therapy to understand why your nervous system is not allowing you to, to engage in conflict with your partner that maybe isn't life threatening that you're you're experiencing it as a, a threat that is is not um, aligned with what is actually happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, or I'm curious for you, how often do you see this dynamic? So again, if we're using the um, example of running late, so if I run late today, um, it's because you know there was traffic. My boss asked me to work overtime. Um, you know the the kids were you know the soccer game ran over. There's always a reason, right? There is a um, uh, you know there there's uh, evidence, I guess, for lack of a better word, or an excuse, right? My my reason for lateness is excusable, but when you do it, it's about mm -hmm. your personality, right? You're mm -hmm. doing this to hurt me. You know it hurts me. So how often do you see that come up? It's okay when I do it, but when you do it, right? This is your character. This is your personality. Well, what I see that happen and what I see happening in those things is the person is feeling very hurt by something that might not even be related to what mm -hmm. is happening. Mm -hmm. And so they might be responding to a childhood trauma. They might be responding to maybe something that happened earlier in the relationship and they're becoming, so they're having an irrational and illogical response to what is happening because what's coming up for them is actually not the thing that pushes the button. So you showing up late pushes the button of when you, my parents didn't pick me up from school and I was left by myself there. Like, so there yeah. could be different things going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. 
Um, so if we really get into what are, you know, what's really abusive and toxic. So obviously the things we've talked about, especially the contempt is not good. Often there, there is ill intent in that behavior, but overall, um, toxic abusive, uh, conflict is very damaging and it's essentially pouring poison onto your relationship. And these are more extreme things like physical, uh, emotional abuse, throwing things, lots of insults, um, you know, mocking, ridiculing, um, competing, right, for mm -hmm. perspectives. This is for me to win, but in a very uh, extreme way. Again, we talked about gaslighting last week um, yeah. and uh, really dominant personality traits like stubbornness and competitiveness, again, where, you know, you're just really flexing that muscle to really harm your partner. So you feel like the sense uh, of winning uh, the disagreement. And fighting to win is so destructive because you're not winning anything. You're damaging your relationship. And maybe you you really most likely have not changed your partner's mind or perspective. You've just shut them down. And so they actually yeah. don't even agree with you. And there's just damage being done to the relationship. So there is no winning. There's only like meeting in the middle, each person feeling validated, seeing the problem as being addressed, not taking each other down. So I just remind couples of that when you win an argument, when you, you know, whatever that means to you, you uh -huh. probably haven't won anything. In fact, you've created mm -hmm. more conflict that's going to be need to be addressed in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you win, quote unquote, mm -hmm. you're losing, the relationship is losing and having to think of it in that way. And if we take responsibility, if we apologize, a lot of times people have this thought of, well, if I do that, if I apologize to my partner, um, then I, then I lost um, versus no, what you're doing is you're showing that you value the relationship overall. You know what? You're right. I am sorry. You know, I can realize why that may have hurt your feelings. Um, I shouldn't have raised my voice versus again, that digging your heels in behavior and then almost becoming cruel um, doesn't do any favors for the relationship. No, absolutely not. So what I, we've got a few tips here for having healthy conflict for people to take with them today as they go into interactions with their partners. And so first of all, we have uh, validate each other's perspective. So Michelle, what are some pro tips for being sure that you're validating your partner's perspective, even when you don't agree with them? What are some things people could do? Yeah, um, validating again can look like, oh, okay, that's um, I can see why you view it that way based on you know your your experience of the situation, um, or you know I I don't quite understand. Can you help me understand more? And how can I show up you for you and support you in this? Um, things like that, where you're leaning into what your partner is saying, uh, can be so validating and so helpful. Yeah. And even if you don't agree at all saying things like, I hear that that was a really hard experience for you. I hear that my behavior made you feel bad, you know, and acknowledging that instead of mm -hmm. saying you shouldn't have felt bad, I didn't mean it is so much more right. powerful. You're going to deescalate the situation versus just pouring uh, gasoline on the fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, that famous, well, just calm down. It's not that bad. Well, yeah. if it is to me, guess what? It's real bad. And you just made it 10 times worse by telling yeah. me it wasn't. <laughs> so that backfired on you. Yeah. Um, 
I, one thing too, is a lot of times couples come into couples therapy, I think, and hopefully to eliminate all fighting or conflict altogether. Again, a lot of times I mean, so there's going to be a higher percentage of things that you can't move past that aren't workable or solvable problems. Um, so there's no, never have the expectation of we need to stop fighting altogether. Do we need to relearn some of these destructive ways of doing it? Yes, but you're always going to disagree. <laughs> um, well, not always hopefully right but there's always going to be disagreements throughout yeah. the uh course of your relationship always okay gonna, yeah always going to be conflict we just don't want like ex escalated toxic ineffective mm -hmm. type conflict that is damaging to the relationship so the yep. next thing that you might want to consider if you're trying to avoid toxic conflict in your relationship is to practice active listening you know like the mm. the conversation that i talked about earlier where the person actually heard their partner say, you hate my mother, even though that's what they didn't say, was not practicing active listening. They already had drawn a conclusion and they were just waiting for their partner to be done speaking without listening to any of it mm -hmm. so that they could respond and they were feeling escalated in that situation. So really slow down, mm -hmm. try to really hear what your partner is saying, ask for clarification mm -hmm. um, to make sure that you understand this is not easy. And this is something we practice a lot in therapy, but what is the benefit of doing this, Michelle? Mm, okay. Yes, exactly. So they are feeling understood. Um, they feel like their partner is not just reacting to them. And that understood piece is so huge because so many times that's one of the goals of people coming in. I just want people to, or I just want my partner to understand me. They don't understand me. So you feel valued and you feel a lot more love. So it's that listening to understand and not just respond, right? Well, you said this, okay, now I have my defensive arrow out and I'm going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all really basic. We all want the same things from our partners. We want to feel seen. We want to be, feel heard. We want to know that you care about my feelings and my experience mm -hmm. and that you're going to be there for me when I need you. So mm -hmm. anything that takes away from that are behaviors that you want to avoid. So Michelle, we are already out of time for yes. today. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And we will be back next week with more on Holding Ground. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning into Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.